As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle. I'm Lorianne Castia. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, and empower you to fulfill a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. It is a beautiful, beautiful December day, and uh, we're enjoying the the uh, the festivities that we're trying to continue uh, even during this time. I um, I am on Facebook Live, and when we do these shows, uh, I am right now probably looking a little bit like Mrs. Claus, so hello to everybody out there in Facebook world, and um, I want to invite our guests today. They are, you know, we are good friends with and really appreciate our sponsorship with Northwell Health. And today we have on uh, Justin Michael, Dr. Justin Michael Thomas, and he is the vice chair of neurosurgery and the incoming president of the medical board of South Shore University Hospital. Also, um, a little birdie told me that they are coming up on their 10th year anniversary, which is real exciting. I want to talk to Dr. Thomas about that as well. Dr. Thomas developed a clinical practice with a focus on primary and medicine static brain tumors, degenerative spine disease, and others. He leads quality review and performance improvement for the neurosurgery department. He is also the trauma liaison for neurosurgery and is responsible for assessing the neurosurgical needs of patients with brain and spine trauma and facilitating their care. A Long Island native raised in Islip, whoop whoop, Dr. Thomas has a commitment to the department's mission of providing the highest quality of neurosurgical care to the people of South Shore community. So I want to welcome you to the show, Dr. Thomas. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you being here. Um, so now you're an electrophysiologist? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a neurosurgeon uh, at Southside Hospital Okay. with uh, an interest in uh, clinical neurosurgery. Okay. And, and you are dealing with um, what kind of neurological and neuro- neurosurgical services does South Shore University offer? So I, I've been at Southside since August of uh, 2013. Uh, I was pleased uh, to join the neurosurgical staff at Southside after I completed uh, my residency up in Buffalo. Southside has a uh, long-standing history of providing excellent neurosurgical care. Uh, we have a long-standing focus on uh, 
surgical management of uh, general neurosurgical conditions that include primary and metastatic brain tumors, uh, degenerative uh, spine disease, uh, as well as other common neurosurgical uh, conditions, including uh, hydrocephalus and Chiari malformation. Uh, the program at South Shore University has evolved uh, significantly since uh, 2013. At the time that I joined, we had uh, been collectively very uh, invested in the uh, development and growth of our trauma program, uh, which includes um, not only trauma from a, a general surgery perspective and an orthopedic perspective, uh, but also uh, neurotrauma. We've spent uh, several years uh, growing and developing a program for patients uh, with traumatic brain and spinal cord injury, and we're currently uh, recognized as a level two certified uh, trauma center by the American College of Surgeons. Uh, another uh, exciting undertaking has been the development of uh, neurovascular neurosurgery over at Southside, uh, where within the past year and a half, uh, we have um, uh, recruited uh, staff uh, to perform uh, open and endovascular procedures uh, for aneurysm, uh, subarachnoid hemorrhage, arterial venous malformation, uh, and clot retrieval for patients that uh, present with acute stroke. Uh, and that's been ongoing uh, since the, um, the efforts to really get that program uh, started in, in August of uh, 2019. Understood. Now, you had mentioned a couple of things. I just want to get clarification for our listeners. So what is exactly a level two? Uh, so a, a level two trauma center essentially means that uh, we are uh, well equipped uh, to deal with the uh, most severe uh, blunt and penetrating trauma, uh, whether it be patients that suffer a fall at home, uh, you know, a, a fall at, at work or when doing home improvements, patients that are involved in uh, motor vehicle accidents uh, or, or other types of injuries. Uh, they can be safely brought uh, via EMS uh, to Southside Hospital, where we are essentially able to care for all of their, their trauma needs, uh, whether it involves neurotrauma or uh, general or orthopedic trauma. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. So there have been a lot of recent additions to the staff and services in neurosurgery, as I understand it, at the hospital. So can you highlight that and talk a little bit about that for us? Yes, it's been an exciting time. It's especially exciting for me who, you know, as you uh, mentioned, grew up in, in the community. I'm, I'm from Islip originally. Uh, I've been uh, working with uh, my partners with um, uh, at Northwell uh, at Southside since um, 2013. And, and part of our evolution has involved the recent recruitment of uh, several additional specialists. We have Dr. David Chalif, uh, who's an expert um, in uh, not only uh, open vascular surgery, but also brain tumors. Uh, he has an accomplished background and spent many years developing the vascular program uh, over at uh, uh, North Shore uh, in Manhasset. He's been recruited to be the uh, chairman of our new department of neurosurgery uh, at South Shore University and has, uh, in addition to bringing his busy clinical practice, has been instrumental in the uh, recruitment of uh, other specialists. Uh, we've recently added Dr. Georgios Claranomos, who has fellowship training uh, in skull-based surgery, which includes skull-based brain tumors, uh, as well as uh, pituitary surgery for tumors of the pituitary gland. He also has an interest in open vascular surgery as well. We're developing an endovascular treatment team, uh, which currently includes Dr. Uh, Ina Tyrone, uh, who is able to basically go in through the blood vessels of the brain uh, and treat complex aneurysms, uh, AVM, and stroke. 
stroke in an endovascular fashion. And we've also developed um, a neurocritical care team and are waiting for the opening of our dedicated neurosurgery ICU. Uh, as part of the neurocritical care team, we have Dr. Uh, Krista Limhing, as well as uh, Dr. Tagir uh, Sabirov, uh, who are have various backgrounds in terms of either uh, medical or surgical background, um, with also emphasis on uh, neurology training uh, and critical care that help with the medical management of our either non-operative or post-operative patients. Wow, that's a very impressive team that you've put together. So, so let me ask you a, a different question. You mentioned strokes. Have you been noticing any trends regarding strokes, more or less? So the the community uh, of Long Island has an, has an aging population and there are especially in the region of, of Southside there are multiple um, either uh, medical comorbidities or, or personal practices and habits that uh, make people uh, high risk uh, for stroke so we, we are seeing an increased number of patients that are uh, brought to Southside uh, with either stroke like symptoms or confirmed stroke uh, and whose symptoms are either a manifestation of an acute stroke or other neurologic disorder uh, that are now able to be comprehensively treated at Southside Hospital uh, rather than being initially evaluated and, and stabilized at Southside and then transferred elsewhere. Understood. Understood. So, so in my family, we've had three of my, on my father's side, three of the men have passed from aneurysms. Is that something that is, is uh, familiar or is that just something that we just, we just hit the numbers right? Um, it, it's, and they're all basically in their left uh, temple. Um, so on all three of them, two, two uncles and my father actually had a small aneurysm, but he didn't pass from it. And my grandfather. So is that something that's familiar or, you know, is there something that you could do to maybe prevent that happening? So aneurysms can be uh, familial or they can be sporadic. We know that patients that have uh, first-degree relatives that have been diagnosed with aneurysms or who have first-degree aneurysms that have had subarachnoid hemorrhage secondary to aneurysmal rupture uh, may be candidates uh, for screening for aneurysms, um, which can include painless, relatively uh, non-invasive studies such as either an uh, MR angiogram or CT angiogram uh, to see if there are... uh, you know, if there is any evidence of uh, an aneurysm of the blood vessels of the brain. Um, we also know that there are some uh, risk factors, some of which are modifiable, some of which are not, uh, which may also increase um, uh, a patient's likelihood to have an aneurysm. And some of those risk factors can include uh, the patient's blood pressure status, uh, smoking status, um, and as well as any um, underlying connective tissue disorders or, or history of kidney disease can even be associated with specific Types of aneurysm. Yeah, I um, it's something that uh, is in the back of my mind, no pun intended, all the time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I do know I have a, a small aneurysm, but it it didn't get to the point where you know my relatives have. So I also get my dad's migraine, so I I never knew if there was a connection between the two as well. So uh, developing the team that you have right in our backyard is amazing. To that point, you know what are the the benefits of having it in the backyard? I, I know for me. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It would be a lot more comfortable that uh, family members could come and visit and it wouldn't be so far away. And in that kind of a circumstance, you'd want to get to the hospital in teams like yours rather rapidly, correct? So a, a ruptured aneurysm can absolutely uh, and does often present with a neurosurgical emergency. Um, there is definitely benefit to having a team of specialists close to home that uh, can establish uh, basically a, a plan of action and a, a treatment plan for either screening or aneurysm treatment. Um, the story that you tell of having at which at which point is now considered an you know an incidental aneurysm, uh, they often arise in pe- people with. Uh, other neurologic conditions, uh, headaches, you know, particularly migraine headaches, um, and headaches are a very common complaint, which may or may not be related to the to the rupture of an aneurysm. Certainly, in most circumstances, patients that have a history of headaches um, have headaches because of other reasons, and they're not related to to an aneurysm. But it's always important, if there's a, especially if there's a strong family history, to to be evaluated, obtain the appropriate imaging, which in many cases would include vascular imaging, and, and knowing the size and location of the aneurysm in conjunction with counseling with one of our vascular specialists uh, can basically serve as a baseline for a plan of action, kind of understanding the natural history of the aneurysm. Um, What is the rupture risk based on its size and location? Is there screening of other family members that's indicated? What are the warning signs of a ruptured aneurysm or a change in in the morphology or shape of the aneurysm? How often should it be surveilled, either with a non-invasive imaging or with conventional angiography? And the more uh, people are invested in, in their care and the more they're able to obtain it close to home, you know, that only not only provides a sense of, of comfort and security, but it also can help increase um, compliance and it can help patients understand the warning signs that they need to look out for, which would prompt them to come to the hospital. Well, that's, it's, that's I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's great we have this team right here and I'm feeling calmer and calmer every time you speak because there's more and more services that are available that weren't available when my grand father passed. Um, are you noticing, because I'm a big numbers girl, I love trends. Are you noticing noticing any trends um, in neurological issues among the Long Islanders? Um, the, the, we, we basically see a trend um, uh, that's uh, congruent with the overall aging population on Long Island. You know, not only do we have an expansion in the number of people on Long Island, but we also have uh, people in our local communities that are getting older. 
And I think with that um, comes several trends. I mean, with the increased population, we certainly see an increase in the number of traumas, you know, so secondary to the increased number of cars on the road, you know, people commuting to and from work. Uh, and with the aging population, we see trends towards uh, traumatic events, whether they're falls at home um, you know, or falls downstairs that are occurring in the more elderly population. So it's very common for us to see people in their 80s or even 90s that are being brought in after accidents at home. Uh, because of all the resources that uh, Northwell makes available to patients in the community, we also see people getting imaged more often um, and with higher quality imaging. So we're managing a lot of incidental findings, whether they be uh, incidental Chiari malformations um, or other uh, you know, incidental findings that can be related to uh, the brain's morphology in terms of the ventricular system, uh, as well as uh, findings that are related to um, diseases such as cancer which can affect not only the brain and spinal cord, but also other organ systems of the body. So with the the, the Imbert Cancer Center here in Bayshore and the comprehensive team that we have and the wide availability of high-quality imaging, you know, we're seeing trends that more patients are being seen for either neurologic diseases that involve the brain or spine uh, or for incidental findings that are found based on imaging and may or may not require the uh, immediate attention of a neurosurgeon. So what has it been like watching South Shore University Hospital evolve from a community hospital previously called Southside to a tertiary hospital of South Shore University level. And, and you know, to average people like ourselves and, and our listeners here, what's the difference between a community and tertiary hospital? I think I know the answer to this, but I want to make sure. So typically, to, to start with that question, um, a tertiary hospital is considered a facility where um, all of the major services are contained under one roof um, for the highest level of advanced comprehensive care. Uh, and with the growth of Southside, we now have um, an established trauma program, you know, a thriving orthopedic surgery program, a very well-recognized cardiothoracic surgery program, uh, as well as our, um, you know, excellent neurosurgical program that is really able to provide comprehensive care under one roof. So the chance of coming to Southside and being diagnosed with a condition that requires transfer to another hospital uh, outside of Suffolk County, you know, whether it's in Nassau or whether it's in New York City, uh, is extremely small. So what it means for for the people of the community is that they can come to Southside with the confidence that no matter how complex or how severe their condition, they can receive treatment in a facility that's close to home uh, and that's close to the family and friends that will want to be kept, you know, in the loop with regard to their, their plan of care and, and how they're doing. I appreciate, I, I really appreciate the, the information that you provide. And I've noticed a trend on all of our Northwell um, guests that we've had luckily and fortunately on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. Um, and what that is, is more comprehensive care under one roof. So you're not going from building to building, place to place, which puts a lot of stress on family members, on the patient themselves being uh, shuttled back and forth if they're fortunate enough to have someone to bring them back and forth. So having everything under one roof, being able to communicate amongst your team, I have to believe that that's what you do. You share the information amongst all the different uh, departments and your team, uh, depending on what the patient needs. Would I be correct in that and, and kind of have someone like yourself as a quarterback? 
That, that's exactly what happens. And, and whether, you know, the neurosurgical team or another team is kind of the, the coordinator of care, you know, we're readily able to share information. We're all either a phone call away or we pass each other, you know, in the, in the halls regularly. And it's really a very collaborative environment where each of the specialists is um, intimately involved in the care of the patient at every step of the way. It also becomes beneficial for Southside as kind of an end destination for patients that are transferred into Southside from outside facilities. You know, we're, we're accepting um, and, and welcoming transfers from, from Plainview, Syosset, Huntington Hospital, Mather Hospital, Peconic Bay. You know, patients can come from other facilities um, within the Northwell system uh, and be transferred directly to Southside and then receive all their care under one roof. So it's beneficial for not only the patients of the community that come to Southside, but also all of the patients of, of Suffolk County uh, and into eastern Nassau County. Uh, that are transferred from our from our other institutions directly into Southside, and when it comes to that, you know, the transfer center is instrumental in making sure that all of the practitioners are on the same page about the the needs of the patient from the time the phone call is made requesting transfer. So it's been a very kind of fruitful process, and I think it's a benefit to patient care and a, a benefit for comprehensive care in general. So in the last few minutes, I have to ask you this question. I ask all my all my guests this question, and I'm I'm really really intrigued with the answer on this one. Is what made you decide to get into neurosurgery? Uh, I, I developed an interest in in biology, and particularly in in neurobiology um, in high school. I went to college at uh, NYU with the intention to major in, in neuroscience. Uh, I have a, a, a firm academic background in neuroscience, and I graduated with honors uh, in neuroscience from, from NYU. I developed a research interest uh, when I worked with mouse models of Alzheimer's disease and behavioral testing paradigms at NYU, but was always more inclined towards clinical medicine, particularly um, procedural clinical medicine, rather than to um, research or pursuing a, uh, you know, a PhD degree. So, so who, who or what inspired you to go into medicine? Uh, I, I was really inspired by the my interest in in neurobiology and and my colleagues around me uh, that had a profound curiosity for uh, the nervous system. It's really something where there is uh, a tremendous opportunity for for growth and development because it's one of the systems about which we you know admittedly don't know that much and are still constantly learning. Um, so my research mentors uh, during my undergraduate career at NYU uh, and the uh, neurosurgery attendings at uh, NYU, as well as my research mentors at NYU School of Medicine, were really the main driving forces, uh, driving force behind my uh, decide, uh, decision to pursue a career in neurosurgery. I always love hearing that educators uh, really inspire people to to go on the path and the direction to find their purpose in life. And neurosurgery is so intriguing to me because it's so mystical in my mind as a, a non medical doctor. Uh, individuals. So I thank you so much, Dr. Thomas, for joining us today, for enlightening our listenership. You are listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. We're going to take a quick br- brief break, and then we're going to come back with uh, another doctor, unbelievable doctor from uh, Northwell Health System. And uh, we will ask you to just hang in there. We will be right back.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle. I'm Lorianne Castia. If you have any questions or comments or ideas or want to just chat with me, just give us an email at healthy lifestyle with la at gmail.com or if you want to reach out to michael our producer who's right now eating really nice um at healthy man's lifestyle what'd you say man's gotta eat man's gotta eat um is it your normal is it your usual it is <laughs> bologna sandwich it is so you could also meet us and follow us on healthy lifestyle with la we are live on facebook right now and uh, you'll be able to watch and listen and see some of the background stuff as we do it so we we started the day uh, really speaking about neurological issues. We are going to migrate over into cardiology. And um, I'm so pleased to say that we have uh, Dr. Puneet Gendotra on today. He's an interventionist cardiologist. I have no idea what that means, but we're going to find out together. Welcome to the show, Doc. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So what is an interventionalist cardiologist? So um, an interventional cardiologist is someone who um, is trained to do uh, minimally invasive procedures like stents to the heart, uh, stents to the leg, um, and also, you know, minimally invasive heart valves. Uh, so essentially, it's a branch of uh, general cardiology, requires a, a little bit of extra training, and then uh, you end up doing these procedures uh, that, uh, you know, when patients coming with acute heart attacks, uh, you treat those patients with stents or balloons or other things like that. Okay. Okay. Hence the interventionalist, because what I was thinking is maybe you had interventions with people who had heart issues. So I was completely off on that one. <laughs> Um, so, so this, uh, this situation that we've been dealing with, with COVID-19, it's obviously an evolving situation. We're all learning as we're going at the beginning. I think, you know, first thing is to duck and cover when you're not sure what anything is and gently come out as we learn more and more. So, but what do, what do we know about COVID-19 and how it can potentially impact a person's heart? Does it? 
certainly. So, you know, COVID-19 is a, uh, it's an interesting disease in the sense that we've, we know a lot, but we also will say that we haven't, we don't know much, uh, which is weird to say. Uh, the reason I say that is because as we're watching these patients uh, come through our hospitals, and this started out in obviously February or so, right? Uh, we started to notice that some of these patients were coming in with a weak heart. And why did that happen? And we're trying to really understand the pathology behind it. Right. And one of the things that comes up is that uh, perhaps these patients have a broken heart syndrome, uh, which means that uh, these patients have a weak heart. Uh, and that weak heart is because of some form of a very stressful event that occurred. Hmm. And that stressful event could be secondary to, you know, the, the uh, uh, breathing issues that they were having. Sure. Uh, or the rest of having to come into an emergency room and during COVID time period. And what we notice is that as COVID resolves, a lot of these weak hearts resolve as well. So you can imagine that a patient's heart is working at, uh, at a normal pace uh, or more normal pump function, and they come in with about the heart functioning at about half of what it should be. So that and that's what stress does, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's called stress-induced cardiomyopathy. So, you know, stress-induced. And cardiomyopathy means weakness of the heart muscle. So clearly, <clears throat> that was one of the things that we saw uh, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. The uh, uh, one other major thing that we saw was actually clotting. And the clotting was kind of all over the body. But when it happened in the heart, it was actually a devastating event where actually people were having heart attacks. And it was not because of a plaque that broke off, which is a usual mechanism of a heart attack, but this was actually a clot built up in their either heart or in the arteries of the heart and caused a major heart attack. And oh, then, sorry, go ahead. What was causing the clotting? Well, the clotting is through COVID-19, COVID. Uh, and okay. that's something that's a, that's a pathology that we don't understand yet. Um, and, uh, you know, as we go further and further into it, what we realize is that all of these patients should be treated perhaps with blood thinners, although the trials are ongoing and Northwell is actually doing a great job of learning more about this via trials. Yeah. So we don't know yet, but that's something that's going to be useful in the future. You know, I find it really interesting. We are barraged with 24-7 news. We are barraged with social media. I can only think and believe, and based on my observations, again, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a medical doctor in any way, shape or form. Um, fainting is not a good thing, side effect when you're a medical doctor. So that was off the the table for me. But <laughs> with that said, um, you know, what I did notice is that in, in speaking to my mentoring clients and things like that, they were so stressed and numbers were coming at them and information was coming at them all the time, 24 seven. And there were people that like, couldn't shut it off. It was like a bad accident. They just couldn't stop looking. And I found that those people were stressed. I was watching them like age right in front of me and all that stuff puts so much stress on your heart. Correct. Absolutely, hundred percent, and I think uh, so. It's dangerous and irresponsible for us to continue this way, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the amount of data coming out, I think, has to be organized, and I think has to be uh, appropriately provided uh, to the uh, to the masses, and not necessarily in every single uh, you know uh, uh, you know uh, you know what do you call it, Facebook or whatever else. I think it has to be a little bit more. Uh, 
uh, organized. Yeah, I, I, uh, and controlled so that we yeah. we understand that we're not sure yet. And I loved how you presented it earlier is that you're doing trials at Northwell. You don't know what the, answer are, the answers are. You're looking into them. And that's an acceptable answer because it's something new and we're trying to figure it out. And if we do it right now, we're going to be able to prevent some of these things or at least be able to be prepared if something like this happens again. And it will because history has told us that this these things happen. But the great thing is if we let the scientific community do what the scientific community does and we're patient as opposed to 24-7 news like trying to fill their space, um, right. you guys do a great job. You keep us safe. You're magnificent. You set up um, the hospitals so that we're safe whether or not we're COVID-related or unrelated to COVID. We can safely go to the hospitals to ca- take care of ourselves if we're that sick, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll tell you that Northwell uh, has done a phenomenal job. Uh, I think at South Shore University Hospital, you know, it's been phenomenal and fantastic. The team here is really, really good at what they do. And we've, you know, we've been able to organize the the sickest of the sickest patients and we've taken them and we've managed them well and we've gotten them out of the hospital. And I think that's where the Northwell name really, truly was shining throughout this whole uh, time period. You know, we didn't make it about money in any way, shape or form. We didn't make it about business. We made it about patients and yes. we made it about how do we make the that individual patient better? Listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a cardiologist, but I was working in the ICU for almost two, two and a half months. Wow. And it was one of the scariest times of my personal life and my professional life because I wasn't aware, I didn't know how to take care of these types of really sick patients because we just didn't have enough critical care doctors. But right. the team here was so great. They they provided you with the resources that you needed to take care of these really, truly sick patients. And that, to me, in my business, is called proper prioritization, that you Absolutely. are worried about and concerned about the patient's care, and then the other stuff will follow. It's it's similar to following your heart and, and doing what you love to do, and the money will follow. So Absolutely. the same thing with this. So I, I've seen that trend as well, doctor, in Northwell Health, and I'm really yep. you know proud to be associated with them because of that, because of your deep concern for your patients, and you really desire to excel and find new technology and better answers to the questions that are out there. And and I'm noticing something in some of the stats that I was reading that I'm seeing, and, and I want to confirm with you, that younger patients are experiencing more ail- ailments, especially heart-related. And, I, and in my, again, not no scientific background, but in my estimation and observation, it seems to me it's because of all this ex- extra pressure that we're feeling and the anxiety level is through the roof with our young younger people. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know these things, you know, because, you know, until or unless I, I have a very organized scientific uh, brain. And so I have a hard time, you know, until or unless data is presented to me. But uh, you're right. I think the trends are such that we're noticing uh, the younger population is uh, being affected by COVID. And then there are long term effects with COVID. And that's something that I think we're going to have to be very cognizant of and careful about, you know, the, the neurologic effects, the, the cardiac effects, the, um, the, the other issues that come along with GI things, you know, that come along with COVID is going to be a long-term thing that we're going to have to watch for. So what kind of long-term um, things are you talking about? You know, from a long-term perspective, you know, what we've seen is <clears throat> people end up with the uh, uh, neurologic things where they, they're, Heart rates go up and down, uh, not necessarily as they should. 
uh, and that's usually regulated by the nerves. Um, okay, and what we've also seen is, uh, you know, low-grade fevers in a lot of these uh, younger population for a long time, almost kind of like a prolonged inflammation uh, thing. We've seen, um, you know, ulcers, uh, stomach ulcers because of the stress of the situation. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that we're seeing, you know, clearly a lot of things pending uh, still because uh, as we go along and as we go on for six months to a year, follow up on all these patients, then we'll realize what else could be going on. Yeah, it's it's uh, amazing when I'm watching it again, when I look at it, I, I, I'm... I'm trained to see patterns. So that's yeah. why these things are coming to, to my mind and I'm watching the patterns and I'm watching yeah. what's going on. And, and because I do meditation and things like that, I, I, I just keep moving on in my joyous little life and, you know, want other people to feel the same joy that I know we're experiencing these difficulties, but we need to be able to navigate and shift and move and not be so panicked. Uh, there are a couple of people I know they're at 10 all the time. You can't be a 10 all the time. It, you cannot, your body can't withstand that. You cannot withstand that. So, so it's you know you're you're confirming that these things really hurt your heart. Um, yeah. And and I, I do you do have the South Shore University Hospital Heart and Lung. Um, you offer a lot of complex surgical and other treatment options to your patients, right? So yeah. so what are some of the things uh, that you want our listeners uh, to know that they should be aware of regarding that? Certainly. Uh, so I think, uh, uh, you know, if you really started to list, it would be probably a huge list. Um, but I would start with the most common things that we do, which are very complex, which is, you know, replacing heart valves through a minimally invasive approach, you know, going through the leg and uh, going up to the heart and essentially putting in a new heart valve. Um, or, if it's a leaky valve, we can fix that as well with uh, going through the leg instead of having open heart surgery. Uh, and that's done in conjunction with the cardiac surgery team and uh, the, with the South Shore Heart and Lung team. Um, then you have treatment of pulmonary embolism. You know, we created this uh, special team here at Southside. Oh, sorry, South Shore University Hospital. Right. It's taking a long time to get used to this. Understood. Uh, so the pulmonary embolism response team, which uh, we created, uh, brings in patients from all over the region, from Peconic, from Huntington, from Mather Hospital, from Brookhaven, from Plainview to South Shore to have their pulmonary embolisms treated. And we do this by, uh, you know, studying this properly. We have, you know, uh, trials going on. In addition, we have special catheters and special uh, medications that we give for patients as well. Um, so those are, you know, two of the few things, but then, you know, I know, I know one, I know you have a system called, I believe it's called cardio MEMS and you help oh, yeah. monitor heart failure patients at home. Is that right? Wow. You've been, uh, you've been reading up. I did. I studied, I studied. <laughs> <laughs> I also have help in the studio. <laughs> uh, I see. I see. So yes, cardio MEMS is, is a beautiful device. I, I absolutely a absolutely fantastic thing. I mean, it, 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 to me, it's human ingenuity where you yeah. get, uh, you know, this cool thing where I can't even imagine how somebody thought of it, right? Um, That's what fascinates me. How, did, how does somebody come up with these ideas? I don't know. It, it, you know, I talk to my, my kids about this all the time and I say, can, do you understand? Do you think how cool it is? They think I'm a dork. But, <laughs> it, it, but I am, you know, I understand. I'm right with you. <laughs> yeah. So from a cardiomimps perspective, it's a little device that uh, we go from the leg, we put it in the, at the juncture of where the lungs and the heart meet. 
And what this device does is it doesn't have a battery, uses fluid mechanics, and essentially talks to a, a pillow that a patient lays on uh, every day. And this pillow then transmits that data to our office. Basically, what it tells me is how much fluid does a patient have in their body at that time? And so before a patient is even starts feeling short of breath, my office is going to know that this patient's fluid levels are high. By the next 24 or 48 hours, they're going to start feeling short of breath. And in about 72 hours, they're going to end up in the emergency room at South Shore University Hospital. Let's avoid, let's see what we can do to avoid them from coming into the hospital. So my office calls this patient and says, hey, listen, what did you do? Did you have that extra hot dog at the barbecue? Did you have those extra chips? Did you take your medication? And then based on that, that communication, we then tell them, okay, I want you to take an extra dose of this medication the water pill. I want you to increase your heart rate medication to kind of bring down the heart rate a little bit. So that constant communication is phenomenal. Oh my God, that's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And it's done wonders for the care of our patients. Well, sure, of course. They know, first of all, they could rest easier, which puts less stress in their body and in their life. And also knowing that, you know, we know that it it, it could, you could save someone's life by, by just looking at and monitoring that that's amazing. And, and another little fun fact is uh, next year, South Shore Heart and Lung will be treating patients for 10 years. What, what does that milestone mean to you? That's amazing. You know, I, I, I came here about eight years ago. So South Shore Heart and Lung was already in play. And, um, you know, just watching it grow has been a, an amazing, amazing thing. Um, I think the people here are phenomenal. The staff here does an amazing job. Um, we, the community really supports us. And for us, I think the biggest thing is the, the, we want to continue to provide the high quality of care um, for our patients. And what it means to me is that you have absolutely no reason to go into the city. You have absolutely no reason to go to Nassau County. We can do pretty much anything and everything here that needs to be done for a patient's heart. And that, to me, is what, what it means to have that milestone where we have amazing services. The growth potential is phenomenal. The staff is amazing. We have positive quality metrics in all, you know, measures. Our cardiac surgeons are the top in this whole region. Um, You know, so it's just a great, great place. And I think uh, we're going to continue to grow. I love it. And the the best thing is I'm going to give you bragging rights because you get the highest honors from the American Heart Association's Mission Lifeline Program, which kudos yeah. to you and the team over there at Northwell um, at, and at South Shore University Hospital. That That is quite an achievement. How does that make you feel? You know, this has been, uh, it's been a lot of work in the making. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, community outreach for this. This is like uh, when a patient's having a heart attack and they're sitting in their home and the EMS arrives in their home and you, you get an EKG on that patient via EMS, that EKG gets transmitted to us directly to the hospital. And we know that a patient with a heart attack is on their way. Imagine that. And already then the team is activated. 
we're driving from home, by the time patient gets into the hospital, we're already here. And that saves 15, 20, 25 minutes off of the time. And we all know, you know, heart is muscle or time is muscle. Yeah. So in this situation, you're able to protect that heart very, very well and do a good job. And that's why American Heart Association gave us these, uh, uh, you know, accolades, because we do a really fantastic job at taking care of, uh, you know, heart attack patients. So but, if you're having a heart attack, South Shore is the place to be. Yeah, that's without, the way it goes. Without a doubt. Well, well, well deserved. Well deserved indeed. Really quickly in our last minute, uh, what's your why? Why did, why did you get into medicine? Why, why do you do what you do? Because I absolutely love taking care of people. I can hear I that. I think the... The heart, for, for me, cardiology, it made sense. You know, you've got a blockage, you open it, you know, and I'm a simple-minded guy and I do simple-minded things. And I absolutely enjoy what I do. I love what I do. And the patients truly make it worthwhile. Well, we absolutely love having you on. We want to have you on again. I have Ali here with me in the studio and I'm telling her I want him back. I want him back because we have so much more to talk about that we weren't able to accomplish today. So thank you so much for coming on today, Doc. Really, really appreciate you having uh, having you on the show. I hope you have really great holidays. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. You know, my heart is always lifted by sharing this time with you. And I know the time is so limited and we have to make choices and that you spend your time with us here on 103.9 and your time here listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne is really a gift to us here. And uh, I really appreciate all of you so very, very much. And I hope you're having a healthy, happy season um, and holiday season and a happy new year. We have another couple shows before the end of the year, but I'm feeling really full of uh, heart right now because of uh, our doc who just really enlightened us. And um, I'm just so fascinated with what he does. Anyway, we are here to serve one another. I need to remind you of that every time I get. So please take a moment, step out of your day and do a little something for someone else. I know you have it in you and it'll make you feel better. So again, thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle. I am Laurieann Casdia. Until next time, show up for you and show up big. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.